Welcome to Anchored with Mike Robinson. As you listen today, you will discover what it means to have Jesus Christ as the anchor of your soul. Let's discover him and find purpose today. But, but here's what you've got to get. Since the sword is in his mouth, the, the, it, the imagery, okay, some of the Bible's in hyperbolic language. Hyperbolic language is, is an exaggerated illustration to make a point, okay? If you've studied the Bible, okay, that's Bible college stuff right there. That you, you, hyperbolic language means that, that he, he, he says something extreme to make a point. So he gives us this picture of Jesus that I've seen drawn before, but, but you got this picture of this sword coming out of his mouth. Why? Because if you study it out from Isaiah to Revelation, you'll see that that word coming out of his mouth means it's a war of words. It's a war of who were, whose word is going to win. It's the word of God. What he's declaring is that his sword is sharper than anybody else's sword. Sharper than any two-edged sword is the word of God. So you ever read where the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain. It's a war of words. We're in a war of words. Healing is a war of words. Our, our faith is a war of words. It's about words. Mark 11, 23, 24 says, whatever we say, it's about us speaking the right words. Now, when you, when you tie this with Proverbs 18, 21, that the power of death and life are in the tongue, it gives a whole new meaning to what you've ever thought about when you're reading Proverbs. This ties all together with Proverbs that the power of life and death are in the tongue of Jesus. Who's going who's gonna to be the final judge over us? Jesus. It's going to be... It's going to be, we're going to either get blessing or we're going to get plague. If we've never repented, we're going to get plague. We're not going to get blessing. If we're one of his, we're going to get the blessing. The thing about having the word, we got to preach both sides. This is why people are going to hell. Is that churches aren't preaching both sides. They're not preaching a two-edged sword. They're not preaching to set people free. This sword sets people free. Amen. Y'all get this? Some of you are looking at me. Is this because you haven't heard this before that you're looking at me that way? I don't know. You, you like this? I don't care. Anyhow, listen. It's the Word of God. When, when you look at these two types of sword, these are the common elements in it. The connection between the two that show that it's a sharp sword. It's, it's out of his mouth. It's, it's, a, it's a war of words. And when you look at it, I got this from the commentary, the, the only weapon that we can see in this war of words is this sword. And it says this was prophesied about Jesus coming to earth. It said there would be a ruler who would strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and will vanquish wicked, the breath of his lips. That's Isaiah 11 and 4. This conflict is of a witness of a testimony. When Jesus came as a baby, this was fulfilled in Isaiah 11 and 4. A lot of Isaiah is, is a prophecy for the birth of Christ, okay? The first part of Isaiah. When you see this, that when Jesus came to earth, he fulfilled this as a baby. The one who came with the sword in the mouth came as a baby, but what they were showing the Old Testament people was that he has come to bring blessing and plague upon Caesar. 
upon the kingdom of this world. And I want to tell you something. We're of the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. And if we stick with the word, I don't care what happens. We're on the right side of the one who's finally going to judge with blessing or plague. Do you understand when you get saved, the great thing is the sword has come in and it has cut away yourself from God and he's forgiven you of your sin and so when he puts the sword in, you've heard, you've, you've been convicted of your sin. When he pulls it out, you're being blessed because he's healed you of that sin. He's forgiven you of that sin. So a, a two-edged sword is both negative and positive. On the one side, it's judgment. On the other side, it's salvation. It's blessing. Um, when, when we see this, um, the Bible says in, in John 5, he who has ears, who hears my word and believes him who has sent me has eternal life. He who does not believe in, comes into judgment, but has passed from death to life. This sword is, does surgery in our life that brings us from death to life. How many of you have ever had a surgery? You know, with surgery, a lot goes on, doesn't it? Surgery, surgery can, can do a lot of things to our bodies. I've had several of them, like 12. Anyhow, uh, when you have surgery, it, it, it does things to your body. And, and listen, you got to be cut to be healed. And thank God there's anesthetic. How many of you know people talk about the anointing, the anointing in the Word of God, the anointing oil? How many of you know in the original anointing oil, the, the, the recipe for the anointing oil that they used, the Old Testament priests used, there, there, was a, there was an anesthetic in the anointing oil. It represented the Holy Spirit gives us an anesthetic when he does surgery. When God's convicting me of my anger and I'm blowing it every day and I repent and ask him to forgive me of my anger, the sword's going in, I'm feeling the plague, but he's releasing it so he can bless me. You get it? So when it's sealed up, I got a memory. God healed me of all that anger. God drained me. Of all that anger. What happened to Jesus on the cross? What's the last thing? The Bible said that they couldn't break any of his bones. What happens by the soldier? What kind of sword was that? Single edge. It was a spear that went in his side and drained out what was in him. Jesus took that for us. And this two-edged sword came out of his mouth. Are you with me? It can reveal... Um, if somebody has heard or not the word. That's why a butter knives won't save people. A butter, knife, a butter knife gospel will not save people. A butter knife gospel that's a feel-good gospel all the time will not save people. It's not biblical. It's not biblical to preach a single-edged sword. It is not biblical. That's a good place to say amen. So, so the mouth... Uh, bringing the word is, is the edge bringing, bringing judgment. And listen, he's also, he, listen, he's judging all the enemy stuff. His words bring victory over sickness, over, over disease, over trauma, over all these things. Again, his sword cuts through the darkness, the lies of the enemy, through the thoughts of the enemy. The, the, there can be, we can be deceived ourselves, delusional, thinking we're all right when we're not. 
I've had people telling me that they're Christians and they believe all kind of crazy stuff. That's how the church got so screwed up back in, in Roman times is because they just added everything into the church. Well, we got to keep the money up. <laughs> we got to keep the finances up, so we got to keep people. So to keep people, we got to preach stuff that they want to hear, so we'll keep people by that. But, but see, that was never the goal. The goal was to save people. It's still the goal. The sword will set you free today. Amen? I'm almost done. The, the Word of God is truth, and the truth will set you free. I got, a, I got a simple sword today. This is really, this, this, what I'm closing with is really my message. It's a two-edged sword. I, I got up the other morning and I just started weeping over this verse. Mark 8.36. I want you to just look at it for a minute. Mark 8.36. I, I, I started thinking about this and I just, it gripped me. It says, for what will it profit a man or woman, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul, what will profit anybody to gain the whole world and lose their own soul? Wow. I remembered when I was faced with this years ago. and I've been faced with it since. I've been faced with it of whether to choose things, you know, even when I went back to selling to sales and furniture, you know, I felt like I had an opportunity to just leave the church and go back into sales and go back into that kind of thing and that kind of life. And I felt like the Lord was giving me a choice. And he was saying, you know, you know, you can you can do whatever you want, I'll bless you. He knew I was in pain, you know. And and I started thinking about the day that I came to Christ, and I came, I, I, I faced this scripture, really did. I was out there going after it, going after the almighty dollar. <laughs> I was out there, I could, I could have stuff, whatever. I, I just was uh, out trying to get the approval of men, out trying to please my boss, trying to please the people I worked for. Not that you shouldn't try to please your boss. I'm not saying that. You shouldn't. Your boss doesn't need a rebellious employee. Amen. I'm not saying that. If you're a manager, you don't want rebellious people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I was, they, were, they were my God because I just wanted to please them. And so I was out there going for that attaboy, that next sale or that next high or whatever it was, you know, but it just wore off. It just wore off. And I came, I came back to the place where uh, you remember the, the, the great prophet Bob Dylan said, you got to serve somebody, you know. It might be the devil, or it might be, I'm just teasing about Bob Dylan being a prophet, by the way, okay. Don't, don't anybody start that around, but anyhow, his words are true. You know, Bob Dylan's went, out, went in and out with God for a long time in his life. I pray he ends up with God. But he said, you're going to serve somebody. It don't matter if you got, you know, if you're a king or in the gutter, you're going to serve somebody. You know, it might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but you always end up serving. We always end up serving somebody. We always want the approval of somebody. We always want the, the attaboy from somebody. And, and so we're always going to serve somebody, but it, it comes down to a conclusion of 
um, what's it profit if we lose our own soul? You know, God put eternity in all of our hearts. That's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes. So, so there's always going to be this hole if we're trying to serve something else. Anybody ever dealt with being a perfectionist? Please be honest with me. Help me. I don't want to be alone up here. Okay? I've dealt with being a perfectionist so, so much before that I, I just I always thought this was just going to be just like it was in my head. It's just going to turn out just like it was supposed to. And it was just going to be like this. And this is the way it was going to be. And then it never was. Like even if it was awesome, it wasn't good enough. And so, it, 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 that, can I tell you, that's, that, can be a, that can be the two-edged sword? Because in one way, it's a blessing because, hello, someday you hit your head and say, duh, what's it profit me to keep trying to have life perfect when it's never going to be perfect? Nobody told us life was going to be perfect. Quit trying to have a perfect life. The main thing is, what's it going to profit even if you get a perfect life but lose your own soul? I've, I've, you know, I've buried over 250 people. I never thought that was what I signed up for as pastor. But I can tell you, I've been with people that have had more money than you can imagine. More money than you, I'm telling you, more money than you can ever imagine. And I've been with them when they died, just like people who've had nothing. But the, the, the common denominator of peace when they died was Jesus. Because the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. If we're not content today, there's something wrong. There's something that needs repented of somewhere if we're not content. I'm not trying to just be vague. I'm just telling you the truth. If you're not content with God and you're a Christian, there's something wrong. You need to repent somewhere. There's something you need to repent of and ask God to forgive you and get your heart right because you're not content with salvation. You're not content with going to heaven when you deserved hell. Listen, I deserved hell, man. I was a heathen. Shelly said, yes, I was. She knew me. Thanks for tuning in today. You can find us at anchorchurch.live. Please let us know you're listening by filling out the digital connection card on our website. Again, that's anchorchurch.live. Remember, stand firm, stay anchored to Jesus, and you will weather any storm.